Hello and welcome to another episode of Morgan's Pop Talks, breaking down the latest in reality TV and pop culture. Happy Thursday. How are we? We're good. We're good. We're good. So good. So exhausted emotionally, physically. It's just part of my personality these days is to just be tired all the time. I want to say thank you so much to everybody who listened to the bonus podcast, to everybody who's been DMing me, um, just sending their congratulations and their love to David. It's official, y'all. He got his visa yesterday. Papers in hand, passport in hand. Um, So we're very excited. He'll be here on Saturday. He'll be here on Saturday and he never has to leave again. It's so wild to think that we're just at the end of this journey. Of course, we're getting ready to start the green card journey, which I've heard is a lot worse, but at least we'll be in the same place. I truly cannot wait for him to be here. And just like the outpouring of love from y'all, I could not handle it. I was an emotional wreckeroo because you guys are just so sweet and you care so much. And I love that. It made me feel very loved. We are in the midst of planning our mini wedding, our legal wedding. And let me just tell you, cause I'm having the, the mini I'm putting in, in air quotes, mini wedding and, you know, big shebang next summer. Doesn't matter. Does not matter. If it's a small wedding or a big wedding, there will be stress. There will be wedding planning stress, your girl's stressed, flights, hotels. You know, my family and I, we wanted to go to Florida because it was supposed to be the easy thing to do. You know, we have a family friend down there that owns a home. They let us stay in it, you know, from time to time. And it's just like now David and I are having to get hotels and the flights are being wonky and taking time off work. It's just, oh my God. But I'm trying to put that out of my mind and remind myself that I'm not just going there for a vacation. I'm going there to become a freaking missus, a missus, a wife, some would say. So yeah, very excited. That's happening in the near future. So TBD. Um, Before we get into the pop three, uh, because this story came out before, like two minutes before I started recording this episode, um, Tom Sandoval and his pu- his podcast that's coming out. First of all, first of all, it's coming out on MPT day, which really grinds my gears because that means I have to compete with him. I mean, I, we're not like in the same ballpark. I'm not going to say that, but I mean, like, dang, I feel like knowing that more people are actually going to listen to Tom Sandoval's podcast than mine, probably just because he's Tom Sandoval is like, oof, it's a blow to the ego a little bit. I mean, I guess we should wait and see, but Tom announced uh, just a few moments ago that he's starting his own little crusty podcast called Everybody Loves Tom. I don't know. I don't know. This dude, this dude, he cannot focus on one singular thing in his life. It's the restaurant. It's the band. It's Raquel. It's whoever. It's this podcast. Like, bro, can you chill the heck out? Am I going to listen to it? I don't know. I don't know. I said yesterday on the page, like, they're really messing up. Like, the marketing for it was genius. Everybody, they put a, com- a compilation of everybody roasting Tom. You know, what should we call it? Should we call it Worm with a Mustache? Should we call it Scandal? Whatever. And he's like, no, everybody loves Tom. But the thing is, like, you know, he's starting a podcast. Raquel wants to start a podcast. 
They've already gave all the goods away. Why buy the cow when you can get the milk for free? We have heard everything we want to hear from you, Tom. Unfortunately, it was on Howie Mandel's podcast, which was a weird time for us all. Same with Raquel. It was on three episodes of Just Be. Three episodes of Just Be. It's like, what? We don't want it. I don't want to know anything else. I really don't. So best of luck to you, Tom. Godspeed. Let's move on to the actual pop three. These are the three biggest headlines in reality TV and pop culture. Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. I think this is close to a confirmation as we're going to get about these two potentially dating. I told y'all knucklehead brother left the cat out of the bag. And I'm not saying that because Jason Kelsey I'm not saying that he is a knucklehead, okay? Somebody, I feel like, I think somebody actually left me a review. was like, don't call him a knucklehead. I know they were joking, but it's just athletes. It's locker room talk, is it not? Where he's like, yeah, my bro snagged Taylor Swift. Like, that's exactly what Jason Kelsey did on a morning show. And here we are. Here we are. I mean, you don't think that that family group chat was popping off between Mama Donna Kelsey, Jason and Travis, it's Taylor freaking Swift is coming to the game, coming to the Kansas City Chiefs game to cheer on your boy, Travis Kelsey. I mean, Taylor was there. She's having the time of her life. She was giggling with Donna. She was eating chicken tendies with ranch, living the all-American freaking dream in a suite, watching a potential love interest catch Touchdown passes. I mean, this is the stuff that movies are made of, that rom-coms are written up about. This right here. They drove, they drove off into the sunset in a convertible. In a convertible. Together. Just letting her hair down, letting her bangs blow in the wind, letting his mustache blow in the wind, and just living life. An all-American Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening. I mean, the song... The songs are writing themselves at this point. Should I try? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't got a nap today. So, you know, she's feeling a little wonky. Taylor Swift's song about Travis Kelsey is going to be like, I used to be a little shy, but now I got the football guy. I'm in the suite with his mom in the convertible. All night long. I don't know if that was actually kind of good or like the most embarrassing thing I've ever done on the podcast, but I'll leave that decision up to you. Then there was this claim that Taylor Swift paid for an entire restaurant to get out of there so her and Travis can have a romantic dinner, a little alone time. Here's the thing. If that's true, Travis Kelsey should have paid for the people. I'm old school. He has enough money. These two are both so freaking rich. It's ridiculous. It really does remind me, though, of like high school young puppy love where, you know, either you're the cheerleader or like you didn't make the cheerleading squad. I've been both. So no shame in my game where you're watching your love interest, you know, from the stands. You're like, oh, he looks so cute in those little football pants. And then after, you know, you you guys make plans before. He texts you on his T9 phone back in the day, and he was like, oh, wait for me by the fence um, after the game, and we'll talk. And, and you wait, and he like jogs forward. He takes he takes all of his shoulder pads off, and he's carrying them, and he's just jogging. His hair is all wet and stringy and stuck to his forehead because he's been working hard out on that football field, and you're like, oh, my God, he's coming to see me. Go Pirates. <laughs> you know? like I feel like that's what's happening right now with Taylor Swift. And Travis Kelsey, but like 10 times richer, like they can buy out a whole restaurant so that they can leave, you know?
So all American love story. I think people love this. You know, they're both kind of America's sweethearts for different reasons. Taylor Swift, this pop icon, Travis Kelsey, you know, one of the most famous people in the NFL right now. I mean, I love the Kelsey brothers because they're, they're Cleveland boys. Is Taylor Swift. Am I going to see Taylor Swift at the Steelyard Commons come Christmas time shopping? You never know. If you're a Cleveland girl, you understand. Okay. Let's move on to headline number two. Carl Radke's team is speaking for the first time on behalf of Carl, his source, whoever it is you want to say. Um, we have only heard bits and pieces about what went down between Lindsay and Carl for them to end their engagement. Um, Lindsay went on her bachelorette party this weekend, which good. She should. It looked like she had fun. But I think what you need to remember and what I try to remember is that, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why I mean you have to remember this, but this is just, maybe it's more so like Carl. When you go through these hard situations, you know, there's going to be really, really good days, but it's also followed by a bunch of really crappy days. You know, you you do have a really great support support system when your girls surround you and they're, they're like, oh yeah, let's go Bahamas tequila shots. Woo! But then you go home on Monday and you're back to reality and it's almost like worse because you've just had this really high high and then you're coming back to the reality that you are now in this apartment alone. You're supposed to get married in weeks. You don't know what's going on. So after the bachelorette party wrapped up on Monday, we get this Us Weekly article from a source from Carl's camp. It says they had actually seen a counselor, but Carl didn't think it was a good way to start there forever together can confirm they were in couples counseling for a while, not just recently. Carl had major fundamental issues before the wedding and wanted to take an honest look at them. Sobriety was a big issue for them. The source adds Lindsay had become sober, then incorporated drinking back into her lifestyle. While Radke exclusively told us weekly in February that he fully supported Hubbard having a glass of wine with her on or having a lover boy with whomever. Um, that's where he was right in February. So if that's true, you're not going to fault somebody for um, putting their sobriety first. You're not going to. I think, though, we have to wait and see, really, how much or how little was Lindsay drinking this summer. She's on a reality TV show, so we're going to know. Was she getting blacked out you know, every single weekend? Or was she having a, a glass of wine here, a glass of wine there. Maybe you get drunk one weekend. You know, we just have to see. I'm not going to automatically be like, oh, yeah, that was the reason when we don't really know how much Lindsay was or was not drinking um, this summer. So he also said, or the source also said, he was nervous about their future together without figuring things out. Things were not resolved between Carl and Lindsay as the wedding was approaching. His intention was not to break up with her. He only wanted to address their relationship and it went south. It wasn't supposed to be a breakup, but it escalated. There's nothing like the feeling of being confident in your own skin. It's something that I have struggled with in the past, which is why I'm excited to tell you about today's sponsor, OneSkin. 
Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy while looking and feeling your best with no complicated routines, no multiple step protocols, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. Right now, I'm using the OS1 Eye Topical Supplement to help strengthen and firm the skin around my eyes. So far, I've noticed it has improved hydration and improved firmness. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code POPTALKS at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code POPTALKS. After your purchase, they're going to ask you where you heard about them. Please support the show and tell them I sent you because I love you like a sis. So when I first read it, I was like, okay, this this does make more sense than what we have heard, right? Because for somebody who avoids conflict at every turn, Carl Radke calling up the producers to come get a camera crew inside their $13,000 a month apartment to end their engagement just seems really out of left field. I mean, I've said that until I'm blue in the face. Um, But why now? You know, this particular article could have come out how long has it been four weeks could have came out four weeks ago why now i'm not sure is it because Lindsay was getting i mean can you even call it good press i mean all they were doing was recapping her weekend um but i also think that there is a part of the puzzle that people are not thinking about when it comes to carl and Lindsay. you know it's easy to point the finger at sobriety and alcohol, but there's another very large looming factor over these two. And that is Carl and his career path. It was a big storyline last season where he didn't necessarily know what he wanted to do. He was taking on these different roles at lover boy. He wasn't necessarily, um, happy. I guess you could say with the compensation. So he quit. And now what? You know, they're getting ready to to throw this lavish wedding in Mexico. They have this very, this very expensive apartment in New York City. I think that sobriety puts a lot of pressure on people. I also think that, especially for men, being the provider puts a lot of pressure on a relationship, especially when you're going into marriage. I don't really know what Carl's current situation is with his job, with Loverboy in particular, but could his job stability maybe have, I, I don't know if even triggered is the right word, but could it have caused him and Lindsay stress? I'm going to say yes, absolutely. They have to figure out how they're going to pay for things. I don't know how much the check is for, you know, season eight or season seven or whatever season it is of Summer House. Um, but I don't know. I just feel like there's more than one singular reason, potentially, that this could have gone south. Uh, so I just want you maybe to keep that in the back of your mind as well. I just can't bring myself to villainize Carl yet. I can't. I know there's been a lot of whispers out there. First of all, I don't think that he cheated and got another girl pregnant. Like, I'm just not going to believe that until I see the sonogram. Okay. Um, 
But I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of unknowns. You know, Craig has been saying every chance he gets that once we see the season, we'll understand a lot more. So I think I just have gotten to the place where I'm okay with not understanding what happened between the two of them at this current time. I think, like I said, there's a list of factors that could have contributed to the demise. But until we actually watch the season, I think that's where I will keep it. Um, last, there's some suspensions for the Real Housewives of New Jersey. Jennifer Aiden and Danielle Cabral have reportedly been suspended due to a physical altercation. Um, so according to page six, they got into a heated argument that turned physical um, at an event that was hosted by Teresa. So according to the source, Jennifer pushed Danielle during the argument and Danielle retaliated by crumpling up her plastic cup and hurling it towards Jennifer's face, drawing blood. Another source for the outlet outlet says, however, that Jennifer only got a scratch, but there's currently an investigation going on behind the scenes by Bravo and by Sirens Media, who's the production company that, um, produces New Jersey. But for now, both of them have been benched and won't be filming for the Real Housewives of New Jersey. For now, no one is sure when Danielle and Jennifer will get back to filming the show. I think had this happened a month ago, they might not have been suspended. But, you know, for however much we want to dog Bethany Frankel and her reality reckoning, I do think that she does make some good points. And this is one of them. You know, when it comes to physical altercations, what is what is okay in reality TV world and what is not okay? We've seen a slew of fights in Jersey's past, the ponytail hair pull, your husband's in the pool, the big push the table flip, you know, Melissa Gorga flipping the cheese at everyone. It's like, where do you draw the line? Um, maybe they're taking a new stance with this because we've never actually seen for all of those fights that I had just mentioned, we never actually saw a housewife or their husband or whoever get suspended from filming the show because of it. So, you know, Bravo did come out last week and said, you know, we're going to put some different things in place just to make sure that we are continuing to live in a healthy little reality TV world. So is that part of that? Potentially, potentially, but you know, who's probably pissed Jennifer Aiden and Danielle Cabral where they're like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Teresa threw a cup three seasons ago. You know, there's Melissa threw a cheese board two seasons ago, you know, it's like, why, why do they, they're probably thinking, why do I have to be the example for everyone? But they are. All right, let's move on to our deep dive every single week on Instagram at Morgan P talks. I open up the deep dive submissions to you. What is it, what is it that you want to know more about this week? It comes to us from Sydney. Hey Morgan, this is Sydney from St. Petersburg, Florida. Can we do a deep dive on the first episodes of Love is Blind? The plot twist with Yuche and Lydia is absolutely crazy. What do you think of everyone else and their connections? I'm dying to know. Love you like a sis. Sydney from Florida, love you like a sis. I got my Love is Blind gold goblet here. And we're going to, there's nothing in it. I'm going to pretend like I was drinking it, but there's nothing in it. I cannot watch Love is Blind without this gold goblet now. So thank you to Nyx for sending it to me. They're not paying me to say this, um, but I'm very excited to have this. 
gold goblet. Okay. Anyways, let's talk about Love is Blind. Episodes one through four have dropped. I believe they do episode drops every Friday. So we're just going to get into the first couple of episodes. And the majority of this, they're in the pods. They're finding their love connections. They're getting heartbroken all of the things. There's only a handful of people that are getting screen time. I mean, that's pretty on brand, I guess, for Love is Blind. The main players that we're seeing are Johnny, Izzy, Stacy, Chris, Taylor, JP, Lydia, Milton, Uche, and Aaliyah. Let's start with like the least dramatic of the bunch, and that's Taylor and JP. I mean, they seem the most normal. They hit it off. Oh, you guys, <laughs> it's so hard not to be shady when you're talking about love is blind because the whole premise of the show is get to know each other's heart and then you see each other afterwards. But like he really outshot his coverage, didn't he? Like he got the better end of that deal. <laughs> but I feel like Taylor was like, okay, we can work with this. Like she was leaning into him. They were hugging, they were kissing. And it's like, everything seems to be good with these two, but are we in for a major plot twist because we get the teaser for the rest of the episodes and we see some arguments seemingly when they're like in the Mexico phase, you know, I don't know if they go to Mexico every year, but and they're in the Mexico phase and they're just doing the daggone thing. Sorry, I got distracted because there is a cat outside my window. I don't know why I don't shut the blinds because I literally get distracted. Today's sponsor is Factor Meals. Finally starting to get warmer. You want to spend your time outside and not in the kitchen with Factor's no prep, no mess meals. Visit factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. You can treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash poptalks50 and use code poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code poptalks50 at factormeals.com slash poptalks50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. But anyways, okay, let's move on to this other little love triangle that's going on between Izzy, Stacy, and Johnny. Stacy, do they always does Love is Blind always cast the same blonde girl to be like, you know, the one that you got to look out for, whether it was Jessica in season one, there was Micah last season, and now we have Stacy. I feel like there's always this blonde girl. And how is it that it's always the blonde girl that ends up being right in the middle of a love triangle? They can't see each other. So I know they're not doing it on purpose, but there Stacy is right in the middle of this love triangle between Izzy and Johnny. And they're painting it out to be as Izzy and Stacy. You can feel the you can feel the sexual chemistry through the pods, you know. They're funny. They don't take things too seriously. They're flirting. They're having a good time. Whereas Johnny is a bit more subdued. She's a bit more serious. Her and Izzy are getting deep in these conversations. I mean, so deep that Johnny opens up about her first and only love, dying of a drug overdose. And then she says she married somebody else, but that she didn't really love him. And then Izzy broke up with her. That was literally the chain of events that happened there. Can't say I didn't see it coming. 
from a mile away. With guys like Izzy, they just don't go for serious. I don't know if it's because he thinks he'll get bored. I don't even, it might be a subconscious thing, but it's like, you got to go for the wild card. You got to go for the excitement, which in all relationships, quite frankly, the excitement wears off. You know, it's not always new. It's not always fun, loving and hot and heavy and whatever. So will that end up being a mistake for Izzy? We don't know. We definitely know that it was a mistake for Johnny because she ended things with Chris, who same thing with Johnny, you know, that she wanted to go for, for, you know what it was? Johnny wanted to go for the guy that would reject her. Maybe, maybe not that she knew he was going to reject her, but it's like, you know, you have this guy that's falling over your feet and Chris, and he's a nice guy and he's a respectful guy. It's like, it's like when they say girls don't like nice guys. That's what Johnny is proving right now in this moment. She wants to go with the guy with a little more edge. And I mean, Johnny, oh, Johnny, trying to navigate her emotions in the pod, picking the wrong guy, then going back to Chris, telling Chris that, you know, what did she say? Like she, she basically told them, Izzy and Chris, the same thing, but opposite. I can't remember if she told Chris that like he was the safe option or if he was the wild option. I don't know. It was confusing. By that point, I was kind of like scrolling on my phone because I can only really pay attention to Love is Blind episodes like 30 minutes at a time. And then I start to go a little haywire. But anyways, will Chris give Johnny another chance? It seems like no. And I don't blame him. I don't blame him. That would be looming over their head the entire time, especially when you consider that if he were to give her another chance and they were in Mexico together, they're all going to be around each other. You're going to have an awkward situation. It's not going to end well for Chris. He knows it. He's like, bye, not doing it. Although we do see Johnny pop up in the trailer. So will she be back? Will it be a bit of a plot twist? Maybe like a um, when Bliss comes back and ends up getting married to Zach? Who knows? Who knows we have Lydia and Milton God bless them honestly that's like all I have to say about Lydia and Milton there we're having a bless your heart moment for Lydia and Milton because I think we all see the writing on the wall with that one um but the bigger drama is between Uche Aaliyah and Lydia so first let's start Aliyah and Uche, they have this budding romance. They're really getting along in the pods. They're connecting on deep level, but they also have fun with each other. They laugh with each other. And Uche asks Aliyah if she has ever cheated. Aliyah reluctantly says yes, but then she comes clean. She says, I cheated one time. I broke up with him three months later. But the worst part is that Aliyah never told her ex-boyfriend that she cheated on him. Aaliyah's ex-boyfriend was sitting at home, probably with his gold goblet, watching his ex on Love is Blind, like wanting to root her on, you know, we're all happy and moved on by now. Go, Aaliyah. Woo, woo. Oh, you cheated on me and you never told me? And I have to find out with the rest of the world? That's going to be, that's going to be quite the shock. I can imagine the text messages that that young man is getting within the past couple of days. But Uche doesn't respond in the way that Aaliyah would have hoped. You know, he's very apprehensive. He doesn't know if he can get past it, specifically the fact that she didn't tell him, which I think we can all, mm, 
I was going to say that's the worst part, but it's like, no, it's not because the cheating is the worst part and not telling him is equally as bad, you know? And on one hand, I want to sit there and be like, come on, Uche, you said you wouldn't judge her. You are the one who asked the question. She told you the truth. And now all you're doing is being judgy McJudgerson. But then you put yourself in Uche's shoes and you're like, okay, I'm about to ask this girl to marry me. And in her past serious relationship, she cheated. And then she did not tell her partner that she cheated. How am I supposed to know that that's not going to happen with me? Like, what has Aaliyah done within those two years that can reassure Uche that she's not going to do that again? Because there's dry spells in relationship. Let's say that Uche and Aaliyah get engaged and Five years down the line, there's a dry spell, but Aaliyah is so sexed up that she needs the release. You know, what is she going to do? That's where Uche's head is probably going. So things end rough. Then you get another little plot twist with Lydia, who comes in like a knight in shining armor, like a baby angel sitting on her shoulder. And she's like, girl, don't worry. You're better than that. He needs to be able to handle the truth. He needs to figure out what he wants. And the first time I watched this, I was confused. I was like, what is up with this? Like, how does she know all these details? Like, and it's not even details, but maybe it is details. She's like, he needs to figure out what he wants. It's like, that's a weird thing to say when you don't know him and you're, you know, like it just was ringing alarm bells. We didn't know why, but now we know why. And that's because Lydia and Uche dated like a couple months ago and nobody knew. And Lydia and Aaliyah are BFFs. It's crazy. So the show creator, Chris Colin, said, they had no idea that Uche and Lydia knew each other. So he did this interview with People Magazine, and this is what he said. He said, we had absolutely no idea. The intention is that we have a pool of people that don't know each other. We've had a few instances in the past with people on the same side, like two women who know each other a little bit, but we haven't had people, to his knowledge, on other side of the pod that knew each other. And we have never had, to my knowledge, people who have had a relationship in the past. It's just mind-blowing that that was the case and truly shocking on day one that that information was delivered to me. He also said we immediately stopped them, pulled them aside, prevented them from going back into the mix of the pods, and brought them to separate interview rooms. They were going to send them home, but Uche and Lydia both didn't want to. They were like, we want to stay. He was like, I don't know how you can continue. This defeats the purpose. Um, then Uche spilling more tea on his Instagram about having to keep that secret from Aaliyah that he and Lydia dated. Um, he says he was forced to lie about their relationship. So a fan commented on, you know, the suspicion that this was a bit manipulated by producers, what, exactly what went down between him and Aaliyah. And Uche confirmed by saying production forced me to keep my past a secret. Then he said they edited out the part where I revealed that I wasn't allowed by production to tell the truth. So basically he's saying on day one, Lydia and Uche realized that they knew each other. They dated. They wanted to go their separate ways. Uche saying he wanted to tell Aaliyah way earlier on than when she found out. But production was like, no, you can't do that. And then they edited it out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So 
production manipulation at its finest, I guess. Um, Uche said, well, he implied that he will soon reveal more regarding that manipulated storyline. And and he said, he said with a laughing emoji that it was producer-manufactured drama. Added to the list of complaints coming from the Love is Blind contestants. Although, did you see that smorgasbord of food? Nick Thompson was like, they don't feed us. And Love is Blind was like, look at this bagel board that we have. Look at this cheese board charcuterie that they could have at eight o'clock in the morning. Did you guys notice that? They were really honing in on how much food was in the living quarters. So there you have it. Honestly, I feel like we've gotten to the point in Love is Blind where it's all downhill from here. First three seasons were great. Season four comes around and these people know they're going to be stars. Season five comes around. These people know they're going to be stars. They know it's one of the biggest dating shows on right now. Point blank, period. I don't think any of these people are going to get married. None of them. Although I've been wrong in the past. I mean, last year, I also thought none of them would get married. And three of them, well, besides our favorite, the Browns. Okay. Last but certainly not least, and final thoughts, we're going to talk about Danielle and Michael A. The mess. The mess. The mess between these two. For two people who come across as like, you know, baby angels, sweet, loving, you wish the best for them. Like, I just did not expect this level of mess. And I'm trying to handle this with kid gloves, you guys, because y'all are asking me nonstop what I think about the statement and then the AMA and all of the things in between. And, you know, I love both Michael and Danielle. So it's hard for me to do this, but let's just recap and then we'll get into my thoughts. So we all knew they were broken up. I mean, they've been broken up for what, 14 weeks now. They hadn't been seen together. I've been telling you, I knew they were broken up. Well, for other reasons, but as soon as they deleted all pictures from each other, I mean, did anybody think that they were still together, which is a little bit why I'm confused because, you know, the first issue that Danielle raises with Michael is that she didn't know that the breakup would be announced like that. Says we already knew. We done knew. You archive all your posts with your ex and you unfollow or with your, you know, boyfriend. We didn't know. And then you unfollow him. You're not together. We knew. We knew. So, but Michael very nonchalantly is like, yeah, we're not together at this time. I wish the best for Danielle. It was very short. It was very sweet. So then Danielle gets on her Instagram stories and she says, I've been getting many notifications regarding Jason's podcast. And while I was shocked to find out my breakup would be announced in this fashion, I feel I have to address it now. She says this breakup was not a mutual decision arriving at some perception of incompatibilities. However, I do hope the best for Michael and I will always have James in my heart as we move forward separately. That was fine, right? Okay. Everyone was like, okay, we're sad for Danielle. We hope she's okay. T's and P's. Then she has an episode of her podcast come out and she reveals that the day after she froze her eggs, Michael broke up with her. And she said she was very, very blindsided by it. She said in the podcast, obviously, I'm still very emotional and hurt and confused. I still don't really have any answers. I'm in it. And the world imploded. Bachelor Nation imploded. It's not great. 
I'll give you that much. So then Michael got on his Instagram sweating, doing an ask me anything. He's like, I feel like there's a lot of narratives out there. Go ahead and ask me whatever you want. Somebody asked him, why did you have Danielle move up here if you weren't ready for a serious relationship? He says, I'm just recapping. You guys, this is not my opinion yet. He says, Danielle was looking to move on to Nashville anyways. She wanted a new job. She was looking at Chicago. I can't move anywhere because I have my son and my in-laws. And so we decided together for her to move to Cleveland. We weren't going to know if this was going to work out unless we were in the same city. So that was the decision that was made. Then somebody asked, why did you break up with her after her egg retrieval? And he says that he and Danielle had multiple conversations in couples therapy about how Michael did not want any more children. That Danielle did want children, that Michael did not. And, you know, he just kept reiterating the fact that Daniel knew that he did not want children. So to me, there's, there's two kind of narratives that are going around, I think, from very limited information. You know, Danielle said on our podcast, he broke up with me the day after my egg retrieval, which, and that's all she said. But that sentence led people to make it into Danielle and Michael were on this, this egg freezing journey together and they were planning for their future. And how could he blindside her by doing this one day after her egg retrieval? When according to Michael, he made it clear to Danielle that he didn't want to have kids. So he's kind of making it not that she did it on her own, but that she wasn't doing it for the potential for those two. That's what he's saying, right? Two very different scenarios based on one sentence, which I think is just fascinating, honestly. Um so I don't know, you know, after that, Michael said he was getting off social media, which to me says that his mental health is not, is not, well, you know, people are, people are vicious in the DMs, which, you know, me, I'll say this about everybody. I'll say it about Raquel. I'll say it about Tom Sandoval. I'll say it about Michael. Anytime it gets to a level of your severely impacting their mental health, it's gone too far. Like Michael probably knows that it's not a great look to break up with a girl the day after an egg retrieval bad timing, horrible timing. He doesn't need people in his DMs, you know, saying verbatim. Well, you know, he's, he said on this, ask me anything. Sorry. I'm kind of just like spitballing right now. He said on his, ask me anything that he gets a lot of DMs about his dead wife. And he said those words, um, which is just like, it's jarring to hear it like that, but he does get those DMs where people are like, you're not over your dead wife. And it's just an icky level that like we don't need to get to we don't need to get to that level I know I say it all the time like I said at the end of the day timing terrible no question no denying the fact so I I don't I don't know what to think I'm sad for them I'm sad for Danielle I think she's really going through it she sounded heartbroken she did sound blindsided you know Michael And here's another question I have for you. And these are just questions. So don't judge me because I don't know the answer to them. That's why I'm asking them. If you're in couples therapy 
And there are things that you disagree on, maybe fundamental things. Can you be blindsided by a breakup? I don't know. I think it depends on the extent of how you communicate those differences. You know, maybe Michael thought he communicated that they were bigger deals than Danielle thought that they were. Here's another question I have for you. And I don't know the answer to this question. So don't cancel me. But I just have this thought. I would love to know whether or not Danielle's egg freezing journey and retrieval was sponsored. Because I also think that that changes the narrative a little bit, you know, and I don't know the answer to that question. So it's one of those unanswered mysteries, the X-Files, because, you know, she's documenting the process. She's talking about it a lot on the podcast. It is something to consider. Now, I'm not saying that that makes it any less significant in her life. Please, by no stretch of the imagination, twist my words into saying that because it's still a life-changing event for her, still probably a very emotional event. I mean, physically, mentally exhausting, all of the above. But I just think it also is a detail that could be considered. You know, I think... I think from what we've seen, Michael is able to end relationships abruptly and maybe in a fashion that the person on the receiving end could be considered um, harsh or blunt. I have only seen Michael break up with one person on TV. That's Sierra. So can't make that generalization across the board. Can't say it with 100% certainty. But, you know, Danielle's version of things kind of makes it seem like that was that could have been the case. I don't know. Look, I think at the end of the day, people break up and not everyone is supposed to last forever. Did Michael do things wrong in the situation? Yeah. He probably could have handled himself a lot better. Do I think that he's inherently evil? No, I don't. I think both Danielle and Michael are very good people that both deserve love and happiness and a happily ever after. And I hope and pray that they get that. All right, you guys, that does it for another episode of MPT. Don't forget, Pop of Batch comes out on Friday. We have a lot to discuss. Gary the Golden Bachelor gearing up for his season and Bachelor in Paradise. Super excited. It's going to be an amazing Pop of Batch this week on the Patreon. The link is in the show notes below. Extra Pop on Monday. Leave a review, a little boop boop. Love you like a sis. I got to tell you something. I know how many of you listen to my podcast and I know how many reviews I have and the two do not add up. So if you have not rated the podcast yet, please do so. Send your T's and P's in for me and David. He's flying to America on Saturday. We're getting married, people. And we'll keep you updated. As always, love you like a sis. A Huda Media Production.